Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Still good morning, just about Chris. We were recording just before noon on Monday. Um, it's just the two of us today. Yes. Um, Stuart James and Jack Ball aren't here today, so we'll make the best of it. Thankfully, we were both at the match on the Saturday, so plenty to talk about. Yeah. Um, the best place to start is always the match that, that's just happened. So two mm-hmm. days ago, um, we were in the FA Cup at Bradford City, three weeks after beating them 1-0 in the league. Yeah. And I think even even the most optimist fans, optimistic of fans would have probably thought would have it would have been difficult to see Argyle doing it once again, yeah. given how impressive Bradford were and how good they've been since. Mm. 3-1 in the end, but I think the general message is if we'd taken our chances, it would have been different and it wasn't a 3-1 game. Yeah, I think that's fair enough, don't you? I mean, you, yeah. you, you were there, Baron. Um, it was, we, we did a, a little video clip, didn't we, in, the, in one of the press rooms after yeah. the game and uh, we made that point and I, I think most people that saw that game would say that that was a lot closer than a 3-1 game yeah um, I certainly think that Argyle played better in the FA Cup tie than they did in the league yes, game yes absolutely and, ironically and yet they won in the league game 1-0 with a real backs to the wall dig it out mm. defend for your lives performance and on Saturday in the Cup tie they played um, better attacking football created more chances looked more threatening when they went forward uh, but we were vulnerable at crosses into the box, so almost the complete opposite from the from the league game. And I suppose that's that's the dilemma that Derek Adams has got, hasn't he? That we've talked a lot about styles of play mm. and tactics on the podcast, and it's all valid and relevant and uh, and what have you. But uh, we saw them go to Bradford in the league, defend for their lives and get a win. Yes, and we saw them play it the same opposition at the same venue three weeks later and play a more open, expansive style of play and get beaten 3-1. Yeah, that's a great way of putting so, it. So, where you've got to find some middle ground where you've got to get the wins. the argument up well, doesn't it? Yeah, so you've got to get the wins, but what style of play, how, well. how attack-minded can you be? Because you were there, Baron. I, I thought some of the football in the first half, the pass and the way they passed through the midfield was actually quite good. It they, was. they got Carey and Grant out on the board in, in wide positions where they could run at the Bradford defence and you know Jake Jervis you know on another day you know well, not, three not, weeks earlier I mean yeah. it's only now we sit here that mm. I, it sort of dawns on me that, mm. that, that the difference with Saturday was that Jake Jervis didn't put away the chance no. that he did put away three mm. weeks earlier and, and, and you, you and I think Stuart McCall was very was very mm. fearful of that as well yeah. he, he admitted as well you know he was very gracious and said that the Argyle were better than three mm. weeks earlier completely agreed with the, with the fact they created more chances and he was, you know, he was scared that if Argyle had got that first mm. goal, it could have been deja vu. And Argyle, we know, can close ranks once they're ahead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, it was very encouraging in the first half. I think I think Bradford mm. did want Argyle to have the ball. We mm. we noticed that that was quite that was quite yeah. visible that they were giving the ball to Argyle and letting them have it and, and teasing them out of that defensive shape in order to create space for Bradford to then attack. So. Argyle sort of took the invitation, if you like, and, and did a, a fair amount with it. You know, as we've said, there was three, four pretty good chances for Jake Jervis yeah. to put away. None of them went in, unfortunately. 
and that's what happens. If you don't put away your chances, you get you get punished, no. especially at quality opposition like Bradford. But you're right. I mean, the, the, I think everybody agreed. The first goal was a good goal. It was, it was a yeah. solid work down the right hand side. Good cross. Good header. Not great marking, but it was a good goal. You can't argue with it. Mm. Uh, and then the second goal, you know, it's it's a complete fluke, really, isn't yes. it? I mean, Lancelot yeah. smashes it in the mm. in the general direction of the goal, and it and it pings off uh, Nat Knight Percival's face. So could have gone anywhere. Exactly, and mm. I think McCall accepts mm. that as well. He accepts it was mm. fortuitous, and then the third one is is an avoidable yes. mistake from Luke McCormick. So yeah. when you look at it on, on that on that terms, it's almost mm. a one-one game. I mean, mm. I think I think Bradford probably did deserve the win in the end. Yes. But um, certainly, certainly plenty of positives in defeat uh, as we return to league action. Um, I mean, you look at Bradford and they'd won at Wigan and they'd won at Shrewsbury. Yeah, and not a bad side at all. They are, they are a good side. And, um, you know, Argyle are giving them two different but decent games. So, yeah, it, w- it was a bit more positive. Although, as we were just discussing a minute ago, you know, when the third round draw is made, we might be even more mm, disappointed yeah, if it's uh, our emotions will change. Manchester United away or something like that. But, you know... It is what it is. I thought, you know, there were, there were, it was a strange one. There were more positives almost in a way to come out of that game than the, the league game in the fact that, you know, certainly from an attacking sense, they look better. Although we come back to the age-old problem of taking chances, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, three of the positives mm. were Luke McCormick, Oscar Froekeld and Ryan Taylor all back in the uh, the matchday squad last week. I know um, Ryan and, and Oscar were in the, the squad for, for the overall game, but to have the three of them in a, in a sort of bigger, more established competition was good to see. And, and Luke McCormick was the... A surprise. I mean, yeah, you'd had a tip off before that you, that you felt Luke may have got the call back, and to actually see him in there was a was a nice surprise. And there are question marks which revolve around sort of how exactly that that comeback came about. Yeah, well, I spoke to Luke after the game, and it was it was I, I thought it would have been easy for him to say he didn't really fancy talking after the game because mm. he did make a, a bad mistake did, for, yeah. for Bradford's third goal. Um, but I had a I had the opportunity to have a chat with him, and um, which was good, and he was very. Honest uh, as he always is, that you know, it, he, you know, he held his hands up for the third yeah. goal. And it was uh, such a bad time to concede it as well. Argyle mm. had just scored; they just got back to two-one. You know, there was a bit immediate. of momentum. You know, could have been built up. You know, and all of that was lost with uh, with one error. Um, but it was interesting to talk to him, and he explained that he trained last week, um, which Derek Adams hadn't announced. But you know, I'm not surprised necessarily by that. You know, the, the, the goalkeeping situation has been such a such a, a difficult situation yeah. for Argyle to deal mm-hmm. with that uh, they probably were always going to keep their cards close to their chest. I think he was close to playing against Yeovil in the Checker Trade Trophy, um, but they, they went the Will Mannion route mm-hmm. from Hull City and he played in that game, played just the one game. Um, so, uh, But then Luke declared himself fit and once Luke declared himself fit, then Argyle could no longer use an emergency loan. Yeah, that's goalkeeper. what Derek said, wasn't he? he said yeah. it's, we thought it would be sort of a bit more official or medical, but yes. it, it, the goalkeeper decides, yes. and then everything falls into place. Once, once they've got a fit goalkeeper, then then Will Manning had to go back to Hull um, after a very short stay, and then with Michael Cooper still injured, we had Max Charles, the 16-year-old yeah. apprentice, on on the bench. Um, so Luke came back. Um, if you can take the the mistake out of out of the performance, um, I thought Luke um, Luke had a pretty decent game. Good double you know, save in the first half. A, a good double save in the first half. I, th- I thought he looked reasonably, you know, considering he's come back without any match practice or any fourteen game. matches. He's missed. Yeah, he's missed fourteen games. He didn't have the benefit of a of a warm up match no, or two nothing. or or anything like that. So he gets thrown straight into a game like that. I thought, you know, he had a decent game. Um, 
he felt fine after after the game. He said he you know he'd come through the game game well. So um, so that's how his his returns come about. Um, now he is fit. Um, Argyle can't use any emergency no. loans to supplement him. So uh, that means that you know um, Will Mannion or Remy Matthews aren't aren't in the picture. Although obviously Remy Matthews is injured at the moment, but um, uh, that might be something that Argyle revisit in January, I would think, uh, because he did so well during his loan spell. Um, so we've got uh, McCormick, by the looks of it, as long as he stays fit, touch wood, yeah. till January, and then you know Derek Adams has got the the option to 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 bring try and bring in Remy well, Matthews. Well, Manny become a bit of a, bit of a trivia question, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's one to remember. One yeah. That, not quite the same as Rab Douglas, and that he actually did get to Plymouth, didn't he? <laughs> he did get to Plymouth briefly, didn't he? But um, a shame you know, for him. But... It is. I mean, he got a game. I'm sure he'd have liked it to have been a little bit longer. Um, but it, it was sort of out of everyone's hands. Once Argyle would deem to have a fit goalkeeper, then perhaps Derek saw enough to think that he wanted to give Luke the nudge. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. The cynic in me thinks that if if Remy Matthews hadn't got injured at Pompey. Mm-hmm. W- w- We'd still be seeing him in goal, yeah. and Luke may not have rushed back. Yes, I, I think that's the system. That, that's may, a, the system may have been played a little bit. Yeah, I think you know Argyle were forced into a position where they might have brought him back a bit earlier than mm. you know. I would have thought they'd have liked to have got him a game or something like that. Something. You know, to um, you know get get back into the yeah. to the feel of things after being out for for a while. I mean, it's just been just a, a complete mess through no fault of Argyle's own. The goalkeeping situation. Um, now Luke McCormick's back. Um, yes, he, he, he made uh, a, a bad mistake. You know, he, he said to me afterwards, you know, I'm not going to let dwell on it. Can't let dwell on it. You've got to move on. Mm. Um, you know, and generally he, he had a decent game. But clearly, you know, you know, when you're a goalkeeper, as we saw with Remy Matthews against Portsmouth and then with Luke on Saturday, you make a mistake and it, it really Stands is costly, out. isn't it? And it sticks out like a sore thumb. So. Um, so, but it's good to have him back. Anyway, yeah, he's the captain. He's the, he's the senior pro. Um, you know, hopefully get a run of games under his belt between now and January, and um, you know, put in some good performances. Well, since we recorded the last podcast, there's been there's been a few decent developments, hasn't there, with the injury news? Obviously, mm. we've now had Throw Kelvin Taylor back in action. We've had mm. uh, McCormick back in. As a side note, I mean the, the Southwest Peninsula League match yes. on Friday night. I mean mm. that was a, a fantastic example of, of how the situation is improving. Mm. Was it five or six? Six, six pros. Six it, pros. Yeah, six, so six pros, pros in, a, in a reserve team match the night before a first team game. I mean that's mm. it, whilst the goalkeeping situation is still not ideal. Yeah, the outfield player situation is is looking pretty rosy at the moment. Yeah, you've got Jamie Ness is the only outfield player yeah. who's injured at the moment, so he was not involved um, in the game. A game against Godolphin no. but then you've got six pros um, Bentley Sokolik Wilde Fletcher Lemires Blissett yeah. um, all played in that one none of them travelled up to Bradford and you still have the squad of 18 mm. up at Bradford so there are options there now um, you know, I, that, I, I don't think that means for a minute that Derek Adams won't want to strengthen his squad look to bring in no, players in, yeah. in January because um, clearly the, the squad needs to improve but, but for the time being and coming into the Christmas period where you know you do play, play quite a few games in a short space of time yeah, it's, it's a good thing to have um, plenty of options available and uh, to uh, you know see Threlkeld and Taylor back in particularly uh, particular you know Ryan Taylor showed against Yeovil uh, when he played when he started that game that his hold up ability that Argyle have been missing that was that was clear to see yeah. um, Oscar Threlkeld played the whole game against Yeovil didn't get on uh, against Bradford although he was on the bench but um 
you know, he'll give Argyle some dynam- dynamism and yeah. enthusiasm, whether he plays it right back or on the centre midfield. So it's good to have those two back- players back, particularly. Um, it, uh, it feels well timed as well, Chris, doesn't mm. it? Because we are, a, I mean, we'll get onto some questions mm. shortly, but we'll just before that, we'll, yeah. f- we'll reflect on the momentum mm. issue that I think has cropped up. And yeah. when you look at the record, it quickly goes from one defeat <laughs> eight yeah. to now four and five, and we're in danger of slipping into another. Yeah. Bad run, and to be frank, Argyle mm. can't afford another no. run like they had. So no. you've got Gillingham on Saturday, and then there's a run of fairly decent, winnable matches at least. Um, and we've now got Frelkeld and Taylor back, and mm. it, it does feel like it, it, it is a good timing for them to come back, doesn't it? And that the momentum we really do need some, to see something on Saturday, don't we? Yeah, you're, you're looking for a result against Gillingham on Saturday. I mean, it gets confusing when you've got the Checker Trade Trophy and FA Cup thrown in in the middle of it as well because um, it wasn't that long ago in league terms that they beat Northampton. Yeah. So it's it's you can make stats do whatever you want to a, to the, to a degree, don't you? But you're still losing games. I'm not too bothered about the Checker Trade Trophy game. You know, um, uh, there was what six changes to that game, and you know you, you had two players in Frailcold and Taylor that were, were playing their first game for a long time and weren't fully fit. Um, the the Bradford FA Cup game, you know, as you said at the intro, uh, Baron, you know, I think having beaten Bradford in the league, the odds were probably always against Argyle in the uh, Argyle, against Argyle in the cup tie. But the Gillingham game is important, as you know, they're they're on a, on a reasonable run of form. Yeah, they're on a very good run. Um, since, for Argyle. Uh, since Steve Lovell uh, um, was appointed as their manager, um, so, uh, initially as a caretaker, and then he's uh, taken on from there. Uh, being a man of Kent, I. Uh, I like to see Gillingham do well, yeah. but um, but not on Saturday, no. um, as I'm sure they would <laughs> appreciate. But um, yeah, it's, it's 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 a big game, and you have got a run of league games now. I mean, it's it's the cliche, isn't it? Concentrate on the league and all, all yeah. that sort of thing. But they know that Argyle now know they've got 26 games to go. Every single match, they know when they're going to be, who they're mm. going to play, and it's the sole focus. And um, we'll see how they they get on, particularly up till. Till January, when Derek Adams can then sort of you know shake mm. up his squad uh, as he sees fit. Well, we'll look at a few of the questions mm. now. We've had it where a few mm. people get in touch as ever. So Gary Palmer, who's a, who's a regular contributor, thanks for getting in touch, Gary. Yeah, thank you, Gary. Uh, defeat after defeat after defeat, a horrendous lack of goals and no inspiration. Uh, cheery stuff from Gary. He's clearly, <laughs> clearly happy bunny at the moment. Adams has to take the blame for this laughable season. He has assembled a squad that would struggle to score goals in League Two at the moment. All of his transfer budget has been wasted on bang average players. Would you trust him to spend money in January to keep us up? Brackets, I wouldn't for sure. Or is it time for a change? I fear losing against the Gills could be the final straw for Adams. Uh, and Gary says he's been agreeing for 40 years. I think he's sort of backing up his uh, his opinion now. He's yeah, got good well, experience of following the team. Gary, if you've been a, a fan of Argyle for 40 years, you've, you've certainly seen, seen, seen your, your share of ups and downs, haven't you? So... Um... Just go through your through your question and the points. Yes, there's been lots of defeats, horrendous lack of goals. Yeah, there's not been many. Can't uh, can't disagree with that. No inspiration. I, I wouldn't necessarily go quite that far, um, Gary. As I say, Bradford I thought was was encouraging. I thought they they actually played with more inspiration than they they have done for for yeah. a lot of games this season. But um, I take your point that for much of this season they have struggled to to create chances, and when they have created them, they haven't taken them. Um, Derek Adams has to take the blame for this laughable season. The manager always takes the blame always, when yeah. when things go wrong. Yeah. Um, not, not sure. <clears throat> laughable again, maybe a, a, a touch on the strong side. There, there, there. Three points, I think, from safety. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, we're 26 games to go. So yes, it's not good. Um, but we're not, we're not adrift. Know, though. We're not adrift. 
Um, bang average players. I mean, I, I did a piece for a column last week. Uh, the summer signings haven't lived up to the expectations right. that we we were we were hoping for them. Some people would say they haven't had a fair chance. Um, others would say that on the on the evidence that we've seen when they have played, they haven't been good enough. Um, and um, you know, at the end of the day, you're judged on your performances, whether it's in the first team, whether it's as a sub for the first team, whether it's as, as a reserve. Um, Derek Adams sees these players more than anybody else, and I'm sure if he felt that these players would, con- if he felt that these players would contribute to the team, then they'd be in. And um, they haven't been. Would you trust him to spend money in January? I'm not sure. Uh, transfer fees will be spent in January, um, but obviously you you spend money in terms of pl- bringing players in and the wages you do. Would you trust him to spend the money in January? I think his signings in his first two seasons at Argyle were good. Uh, there weren't many uh, many failures. Uh, there's been more failures and successes this mm-hmm. this summer, this season. Um, so um, he knows more now, though, doesn't he? He knows, I think, he knows a lot more. About I, I think you know he knows he about knows Lee one now. He knows what he needs. So would would I trust him? Yes, I would trust him. Um, but accepting that the, the, the signings in January, bless you, Baron, you. Um, uh, uh, haven't been a success. I, I don't see. Um, I think he understands League One better, so that would help. Mm. Um, is it time for a change? No, no, I, I wouldn't say it's time for a change. They're three points um, adrift from safety. Uh, yes, the results have been a bit up and down, but um, you but know, it's not getting that feeling, are we? There's, 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 no, there's no way that if they lose against no, you, he's going to get the sack. Yeah, if if they were a bit more adrift, you would have concerns. Uh, if if the team weren't uh, weren't uh, showing signs of sort of being committed and, and what have you, mm-hmm. I don't think that was a problem. Um, Against uh, against uh, Bradford on Saturday, no, I, I I know I know where Gary's coming from. I mean, yeah. Gary is obviously a, a long term uh, supporter, and we we appreciate all the feedback that we get from from Gary and you guys, sort of thing. Um, so I can see where you're coming from. I, I just try and look at it from a objective, journalistic yeah. point of view. We're, we're not always going to agree on things, but um, it's a very important transfer window for Derek Adams. There's no yes. no getting away from yeah. that. Uh, I think we could all agree on that, couldn't we? That he needs to bring in some players that are going to improve the squad, particularly at the top end of the pitch, yeah. and get some more goals coming. I think defensively, you know, you, we, yeah, got I think, I think there's, I think defensively, there's there's enough in that squad to keep Argyle up. But yeah, we, on Saturday, I think because they were so expansive, I didn't think they were as solid as, as normal. No. But when they are in that defensive mindset, you mm. know, that, that, that rear seven mm. do impress me when when they are sort of choosing to, to uh, pursue a match in that way. Um, we'll move on to Graham McCormick. Mm. Um, he's got in touch. Uh, why is Derek Adams fooling himself as other than about two games this season, we have just not been good enough and most of the summer signings have brought nothing to the team? As much as I love the Greens and will continue to support the team, we have to face the truth. So it's quite similar to Gary, really. Mm. And he mm. says that it's, it's all been pretty poor, apart from two matches all mm. season. And I mean, he would say that the summer signings haven't brought anything, which is quite similar to what Gary has mm. said. Yeah. Um, I mean, Adams does seem to have this reputation for for, for saying things are, are perhaps a little bit mm. more positive than they are. And I think we have to, we've talked about this, the, the private and the public mm. persona. And I mm. think... Clearly, Adams is not the sort of manager that goes out and digs, digs his players out. He doesn't think that's going to get the best out of, out of this group of players. No. So, rightly or wrongly, he is quite regularly going to come out and say things are going better. And it's, it's I, like I, remember, a... I remember when we beat them three weeks ago mm. at Valley Parade in the league. You, you spoke to Derek and you said, you know, does this prove that you're not just a one-man team? It's more than just Graham Carey. Does, mm. does it prove you've got... Mm. There's, there's a lot to work with. And he said, well, 
absolutely right. I mean, I've got faith in in all of my players, and over the course of the season, we've been playing that well, but mm. we haven't been getting the rub of the green. And mm. He says that the vibe in the dressing room never dropped. He said that they've always been in high spirits, mm. and as if the the multiple run of matches yes. without a win didn't even happen. Yeah. So he's always had absolute public faith, isn't yes. he? Yeah, and it, it's it's not just Derek Adams. I think a lot of managers, it's it's almost like a, the the spin that a politician yeah. puts on a yeah. particular situation. Um, you know, in in the world that we live in, we, we work in the media, the social media side of things. Everything is very closely dissected when a manager speaks. Everyone mm. looks. Everyone has an opinion. Um, and reads into it what they want sometimes and, and, and I think it's difficult for a manager to come out and be critical of his players too often because you run the risk of you do run the risk of losing the dressing room if the players yes. feel that one bad game mm. or a couple of bad games and they're going to get called out in mm. the media uh, by the manager so um, yes I know it frustrates um, fans lots of fans I think sometimes really does, when yeah. the manager comes out and says that we played really well we were the better team when most people would say that they weren't the better mm-hmm. team. Um, you could say the manager should be, you know, um, more honest in his appraisal of games sometimes. But um, you know, he's got a message that he wants to send out. He's got a message that he wants to um, get across to his players. More importantly, yeah, um, because his relationship with the players is the most important thing. And of course, it's good to have a good relationship with fans and the media and, and what have you. But uh, it's you know keeping the players on side, keeping the players on board. Um, Graham, you know it's good to know that you'll continue to support the Greens. Um, you know whatever happens, you know that's when, you know it's easy when you're having promotion seasons and yeah. and, and what have you to to, to support uh, any, any team. So the, the team do need your support. Like you know, um, you know it's important in these home games, particularly starting with Gillingham on Saturday, that Argyle have a home advantage. And they they have the fans behind them, um, but you know Graham's point about most of the signings, you know, uh, I think we we would agree on. Um, there haven't been that many games where Argyle have been particularly good. I you know I would agree. I don't think there've been that many where they've been particularly bad, in terms certainly in terms of defeats. I think most of the defeats have been by by single goal. Uh, obviously uh, Scunthorpe and Oxford uh, and Doncaster, uh, the ten men sort of ones. Um, but you know when when they've kept eleven on on the pitch, uh, they've been pretty competitive. But yeah, it, you, if you're bottom of the table after 20, 20 games, you know clearly it's it's not got not gone as well as uh, as anyone wanted. I can I can I can <coughs> picture Adams behind the scenes when he's having some private thoughts, aren't you? Wrestling with himself and saying hmm. if he isn't happy with the players, actually hmm. telling. No, I th- thinking to himself, you know, I really do want to go out and I want to dig the players. Mm. Like, that's how unhappy I am with this bunch. But and, and I know that would make the fans, you know, happy in quotation marks mm. to see me talking the truth. Mm. And you can imagine him having that dilemma in his head. Mm. But then just tell himself, no, I've, regardless of the flack I'm going to get mm. for, for maybe seeing the saying the game's mm. different to everybody else, mm. I know that's what I need to do for the greater good, for the bigger picture to keep to keep my players on side. Yeah, I, I think you can sort of call out the players. I don't know once or twice a season. I remember the Notts County game last season. Um, you, you can part. and you can do it, and he, he was very critical that game, yeah, wasn't he? Was. And and you can do it. It has a it has a, a shock impact. Mm. It's um you know the players go oh wow you know yeah uh, that really wasn't good it, that really wasn't good and it mm. hammers home. If you do it time after time after time, um that does then it's it's in one ear and out, out the yeah. other ear. So it, it does become in, ineffective. So you know um I think that's the way 
he looks at it and um, you know sometimes you know he, he says you know the, the Portsmouth game I know we talked about last week in the in the podcast and I, I could a lot of what he said was true um, but you know there are, if, if people have got a, a downer on him then they're going to look at uh, what he said in a certain way mm. um, you know it's it's difficult for a manager in a situation like this when you, you, you front up to the media and you've got to get your message across to the players and the fans and uh, sometimes that message isn't necessarily the same same one yeah so uh, final question Dave Searle who um, again is a, is a regular contributor thank you for getting in touch again Dave um, should the FA Cup's first two rounds become regionalised having to travel halfway across the country before Christmas to a stadium which was less than half full seems pointless if it was closer more would travel I think that's, that's a pretty good point I thought I mean Saturday was, it was pretty empty wasn't it it was yeah 20,000 in the league game and 4,900 uh, on, I suppose um, what was counting against Argyle was the fact they'd just been to Bradford and yep. they've got Rotherham in a couple of weeks, haven't they? Yeah, in league games. Yeah, if you've got your priorities, you know that FA Cup tie would have been <coughs> below it. Um, Dave, thanks for the question. I, I don't agree with the FA, FA Cup being regionalised. I'm, I'm I'm a traditionalist in mm. in lots of ways, and um, it's the luck of the draw. You know, they could have That's been away. The draw, isn't it? They could have been away to Gateshead. They could have been, a, a, you know, away to Exeter. What whatever. It's just. Uh, the way the uh, the cookie crumbles, you know, you, you you take it. It's part of the competition. It's quite fun sometimes if you go from one end of the country to the other mm. and you play a, a team you've, you've not played, you've not played for a while or what have you. Um, Bradford did a, a lot of work in terms of um, admission prices and promotional stuff to try and get their yeah. fans along, but uh, but they couldn't. I think you know even even if you do it regionalised, of course you get north and south. Um, yeah, so Argyle, Argyle would be in the south section yeah. with Colchester and um, South End and Gillingham and things like that. So you, you're not you're not reducing the risk of long yeah. trips, and you know I'm I'm not sure an FA Cup second round tie at you know a League One or League Two team anywhere close to here would have attracted no, a big crowd. True. It's, it's the FA Cup in the first couple of rounds doesn't really grip the imagination. But we were all saying at Valley Parade on Saturday that whoever wins this tie. If they're at home to one of the Premier League big boys in the third round, they'd be they'd be squeezing everyone yeah, in in, in every corner. So yeah. um, it it is what it is. I, I like the FA Cup for being um, you know the way it is. It's luck of the draw. You yeah. could get anybody. You could get mm. the smallest non-league team, what have you. So I would leave it. I would leave it well alone. I think for you know that the the other cup competitions. I don't know what about you, Baron. I'm I'm quite happy with regionalised in in that. But I think the FA Cup. That's Try and keep some traditions to it. No, I, I mean, at the start, I mean, I think Dave makes a good point, but I am with you. you know, yeah, no, it's, it's, no, it's, a, it's a valid, it's a valid point. point yeah. No, it's, it's definitely a valid point. I mean, I'm obviously more, I'm sort of a bit older than Baron, so you're, you're, you're younger. But I mean, do you see that the FA Cup has got a future with the tradition it's got, or does it? Feel to you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gradually dwindling. I I can't help but but feel that Saturday was a little bit flat. It was. I don't know if that's because Argyle's league campaign is so pressing at the moment Mm. and is so important that it did just feel a little bit flat. And the fact it was, unfortunately, it was the look of the draw. And in this case, it was it was bad look in the draw Mm. because they've they've drawn a a team that's higher than in League One away from home. Yeah. And it's a team that they've just been to three weeks earlier. So it 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 did just it just Mm. ticked all the wrong boxes really to get excited about. So. I can see why, off the back of a match like that, you'd knee jerk and mm. think, yeah, regionalising it would, would soften mm. the blow. But as you said, Chris, I mean, yeah. even if you were to do a, a, a West yes. and East divide, yes. you know, then, you, then you've got the problem of going, going to Rackham or Carlisle. So you, you can't win either way you, with Argyle. You, you, you are going to be travelling, as we've 
yeah, the shortest lead trip this year is Bristol mm. Rovers, which is two hours up the road. Yes. I mean, you, you cannot avoid no. the distance. So it's one of those things. So, um, but I think yeah, Fickle Pass got. I mean, look at I mean, look at the fever last year. That's one mm. of those two Liverpool games. Mm. I think it has got a future. You've just got to be looking. You've for got the to draw. have the right match, the yeah. right match, and then it really gets people uh, engaged. Well, we'll start wrapping mm. things up now, and we'll look yeah. ahead. We've mentioned Gillingham briefly, but we'll mm. go back to it because it is an important game. Argyle are back at home, thankfully. And mm. several weeks ago, you know, I know that I picked out three yeah. three big home matches. Thankfully, they beat uh, Wimbledon away, they beat yeah. Northampton at home, yeah. and Gillingham was a third of those yes. in, on the horizon. Yeah. And Unfortunately for Argyle, Gillingham are in, are in really, really mm. good form and are actually unbeaten since mm. October 21st. There's been a fair few draws in there, but yeah. there, there are signs of life there, aren't there? Yeah, there certainly is. Um, you know, they've changed manager, and Steve Lovell's gone in. Um, in earlier in my journalistic career, I, I worked in Kent and used to sort of uh, have a little bit of uh, involvement with Gillingham, and Steve Lovell was a striker there. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, so he's uh, he's a man with long connections yeah. with with Gillingham um, you know he's he's been around that club a long time a little bit like Mark Patterson the uh, the former Argyle right back who works in youth development at Priestfield so um, they've had a, a bit of a rocky time the last few years yeah. um, so they've gone to the sort of the club stalwart to a point as manager and um, yeah they're on a they're on a, a better run of form aren't they so an important game but as you said earlier on Baron you know you've got Gillingham at home Rotherham away, uh, Oldham at home before Christmas. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to be looking to pick up a decent amount of points from those three games. And then that sets you up for uh, Boxing Day uh, at Milton Keynes, the 30th of December at Blackpool, the 1st at home yeah. to Walsall, the 6th at home to Bury. So, There's a lot. I mean, I, 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 I've just pulled out. Hmm. I mean, there's four matches in nine days there hmm. and plenty of mileage. They're yep. going from home to Oldham, yep. all the way to MK for yep. Boxing Day, yep. then probably back to Plymouth. Yep. Back up to Blackpool on the thirtieth, mm. and then you're coming back down to, um, to is it Warsaw, is it? Warsaw on the first. Which Warsaw is, first, which is going to be quite a tight turnaround. Two days after Blackpool, I mean that's a, that's a savage turnaround. Yeah, you, you get back from Blackpool if you're lucky at midnight, sort of on the thirtieth stroke New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve, and then you're in New Year's Eve, and then you've got the game the following day. So that's uh, a turnaround, but that's the festive season. It's the same for everyone else. Although obviously Argyle tend to do more mileage than. The, when the, the matches come thick and fast, the mm. league table does change more drastically, mm. doesn't it? I mean, yeah. if they go over those four games and don't pick up a point, yeah. it, the league table is very different yeah, in abso- January. Absolutely, yeah, because, you know, at, at the moment with the cut tie uh, at the weekend, you know, you've got two weeks bef- between a league game. Yeah. So nothing changes in those two weeks. Right. In the two weeks over Christmas, that league table could look completely yeah. different, couldn't it? So, um, yeah, we're coming to a, a key part of the season. There's, there's no, no two ways about it. You know, I've got, got some games that. They've got to be looking to try and win. There's no sort of Shrewsburys or, or oh. Wiggins or you know lurking uh, in the in the near future. So this is the time where you know Derek Adams has got you know pretty much everyone fit. Take away the goalie situation. Mm. Um, got to knuckle down, pick up some valuable points, and uh, give everyone a lift going into January when you know we'll see what happens squad wise then. Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll obviously be uh, be previewing Gillingham throughout the week at, uh, yep. and bringing the part. You'll be seeing Derek Adams twice this week, is that right? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think that's the plan. I think we'll okay. see him so Tuesday. We'll have, we'll have plenty more from Adams then before before Saturday's match. And of course, we'll be at Home Park on Saturday as well yep. with, uh, with our live blogging and your match report as well. So um, so and, keep an eye on the website throughout you, the week. And do you want to give a little plug to your little interview you did with our uh, former Argyle and yes. international striker? Because yes. that will be a good read, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So I spoke to to Roy Fallon last week in light of his uh, his retirement from the game and. Quite the career he's had, as I'm sure anybody that's followed Fallon's career, he's um, he's pretty much done everything you could do with um, with an EFL career, if you like, a football league career. You know, he's done plenty with New Zealand as well. So, 
had a really, really good long chat with him last week over at Mountbatten. So, um, so keep an eye out for that. That will be going up online this week. And he reflects a lot on Argyle. You know, we had three or four years at Argyle and um, was there sort of as, as I think the wheels came off really heading towards administration. So plenty to save from uh, Rory. So keep an eye on that this week as well. We are always happy to hear from you. And if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at Herald PAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening. Thank you.